Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one, of, I, I, no, not your one only. I'm one of your hosts, Monica. <laughs> Here's my co-host, Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Uh, hi, I feel forgotten about now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, it's my bad, it's my bad. I can never forget you, Glenn. You're incredibly integral to this podcast. Oh my gosh, stop. You're making me <laughs> You are incredibly integral. And guys, we're so happy. If you're returning, thank you for returning. And if you're new, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. If you could, before we get started, feel free to follow us on Instagram where we'll be updating you on when the next podcast comes out. And feel free to support us on anchor.fm. The link will be there in the description in any place where you find your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And follow us and rate and review us. We really appreciate it. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And yes, awesome. So let's start with um, the I Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about TV shows and movies that we cannot wait to watch that are coming out very soon. So Glenn, do you have anything to do this week? Okay, so you can make fun of me all you want. I will not back down to this position. I am sorry. Uh, Netflix recently released that, or not recently released, but recently released the trailer that um, Big Mouth season five is coming on November 5th. Um, I am so excited. I am Mm -hmm. like, I like, I find it really funny because when season one of Big Mouth first dropped on Netflix, I remember I watched the first five minutes of the first episode. I was like, this is disgusting. I can't do this. And I went and like I helped my dad like walk something blah 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 for like a few hours. I came back that afternoon. I finished the rest of the season that night. Mm. It just sucked me in. Uh, and I have religiously watched every season since. And I am very excited for season five because the quality has not gotten down. It just gets weir- weirder and wilder. Mm-hmm. But there's actual character growth, and we see the characters actually like committing to the changes they made in previous seasons. Yeah. Um, it's that perfect level of awkward. I think they really captured the like late middle school, early high school, like kind of anxiety and awkwardness and confusion in a very like modern way. It's one of those shows that like is able to incorporate technology and everything without making it seem like cringy. Cause obviously they're not that old. I think mm. Nick Kroll, who's like the, the executive director and producer and script writer, he's like, what he's only in like his early 30s i believe right is he younger yeah than that? yeah he's pretty young early 30s yeah oh no, no no oh oh my gosh he's older than i thought he's 43 oh wow. maybe he just has kids maybe he just has like kids that keep him connected maybe. but regardless he's extremely talented and he really knows how to do it yeah also like i think nick kroll people like nick kroll and also um John Mulaney, who's also, mm-hmm. I think, a writer and creator, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they uh, they seem like those kind of adults that don't really, like, they don't look down on young people. Because that's a thing we've talked about before, where, like, um, people who are, like, much older who make films and TV shows now, they kind of do it to kind of make fun of young people. They kind of, like, make caricatures of kids yeah. who are, like, mm-hmm, on their phone mm-hmm. all the times. But puberty is puberty we're also going through it we're all still dealing with it and it it hasn't changed from when nick kroll was a kid to the kids now so i think drawing on a lot of experiences and drawing a lot of stories probably from his friends he's been able to create this awesome show and 
I watched Big Mouth. I watched like the first episode, the first season. I couldn't get into season two because it was just like a lot of, oh, we talking about a lot of stuff that I did not, was not supposed to when I was younger, but I appreciate the show. And I like that it's very like direct and honest and doesn't like talk down to people. Like it's a good show for kids. Like kids should watch the show. Are there some dirty jokes? Sure, but they can pick up on it. They'll understand mm-hmm. what's going on. They'll get it. They know what it is. They know it's about their bodies. And it's good for adults too, because you can watch it and be like, oh yeah, I remember going through that weird phase when I wanted to like, I don't know, fuck a rug or something. Like, yeah, it's, it's relatable. <laughs> what about you? What's something coming out soon that like you're interested in? Uh, I am excited for America Ferrera's show, um, Hentified, I think that's how you pronounce it, but it's like gentified. It's spelled gentrified, but I think it's pronounced uh, hentified. And it's a show basically about gentrification in a mainly Hispanic neighborhood. And it first started off as like a web series, and that's how I started watching it at first. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Netflix picked it out for season one, and season two is about to come out, which I am very excited for. I'm really ecstatic about. And I am also excited for. Um, what is it? I'm excited for Venom. I still haven't watched it and I've been meaning to watch it for a while now, but I think I'm gonna try and like, I don't know if I'm gonna try to see it this week or some other time, but uh, that's what I'm excited for this week. I'm excited to see America Fur's new show, it's season two, and I'm excited to watch Venom finally. And I also think that anticipation for next week's podcast, I'm gonna try and watch the movie Us by Jordan Peele and I'm not Ooh. really good with horror movies I'm not good with horror movies like I can't watch them by myself okay but we'll we'll have to wait and see so okay 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 how can I okay so one I watched us mm-hmm. um I watched like when it first came out in theaters very excited I do very much appreciate the movie um however mm-hmm. if I'm going to ask you to watch a horror type show mm-hmm. for like to discuss on the podcast, to prepare for the podcast, whatever, I would recommend watching His House. It's on Netflix. It's by Remy Weeks. He is very inspired. Like he's very similar to Jordan Peele in directorial style. Um, I feel like it tells a much better story, um, but it deals with a lot of the same issues. That's obviously personal opinion. I just think that Remy Weeks like the the ideas they try because they're both getting across very similar ideas. I think that um, his house does it in a much more interesting and nuanced way than us. Is it a TV show or is it a movie? It should just be a movie. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll see if it's still on Netflix. That's where I originally watched it, but that was back in like March, so yeah, it might not. I think I've heard about this before. Oh no, it's yeah, it's still here. Yeah, yeah. I definitely heard about this movie. Like, it was definitely, I, I I, don't know exactly how I heard about it, but I think I was talking to my friend about, like, um, things on Netflix that have, a, like, a really solid, like, Black cast, but not, like, in the way where, like, they're just throwing in for diversity, like, they're there mm-hmm. and they're part of the story. And we were talking about Blood and Water. I think that was one of the shows we were talking about. And then she mentioned this movie, because she really likes horror films. She's like, you may not like it, but I think you should check it out still. So yeah. I might, I uh, without it. spoiling anything that's happening mm. in this, because this you all learn like the first like two minutes. It's the premise of the movie. It's about these two, um, it's about this married couple. I cannot remember their names. 
Um, but it's about this married couple and they just escaped from um, their village in Africa that like it was having a lot of terrorist violence and they were able to like get on a ship and escape to the UK um, mm -hmm. along with like, you know, bunches of other people who are like, you know, escaping. And essentially the government, cause like, you know, they aren't like particularly fond of all these immigrants, like the influx, they put them in kind of like a halfway house. And like, if mm -hmm. they can be like good model citizens in this place for like, insert time frame I don't remember then like they'll be given the chance to get full citizenship okay. but like they're very restricted they're not allowed to have jobs they just have like their weekly or monthly stipend um and it's just them like trying to assimilate um mm -hmm. into like the the western world culture and try to be as good of citizens as they can so that they actually have the chance to become citizens. um but there's a lot of horror elements because like, obviously there's a lot of letting go of their past and there's some supernatural psychological things thrown in there. Um, and yeah, without spoiling like any like major plot points. Or okay, I, okay. Cause I recognize the lead actress and I recognize her, most people recognize her from Loki. I, re I recognize her from like the end of the effing world. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh, yes. So I, if I can muster up the courage to watch it, I'm definitely gonna check it. Okay, awesome. Thanks for the suggestion. I really yeah. appreciate that. That's cool. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. Not usually horror films, but I'm trying to dip my toe back into that. So. Uh, whenever Netflix happens to like have something that's like super high quality like that, I recommend that to every single person I can. Yeah. Cause it's easily accessible and it's good. And that's what people like more than anything else. We'd love to see it. We love it. Okay, awesome. Let's get into what we're here to talk about which is season three of you um initial thoughts for the season so do we want to talk about the season first or do we want to talk about the show in general uh let's start with the season and then okay. we can like kind of delve into the show uh glenn what are your what are your initial thoughts for season i'm going to say it season three is by far my least favorite of like the three mm. seasons i <clears throat> okay so it feels very Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but take out yeah. like the funny bits. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, uh, it feels like something that I've watched before because a lot of it, um, you know, a lot of like the, the story and the drama and everything stems from the stereotypical like, oh, like new people move into new town and like the town operates a certain way and it has the like the, the town's own hierarchy and like these people don't quite fit into that hierarchy so like they're at odds with people and they have to like try like make alliances and like try to mm -hmm. adjust and like it's just it's been done before mm -hmm. better um and I do I don't get me wrong I do love the murder elements but they all seemed a little bit contrived I know that's part of the point but yeah I I don't know just like initial thoughts weakest season and it just seems like it, this type of story might fit better in like a different show. Yeah, or, I, yeah. I, I did not like season three, to be fair. I don't like the show You, You is the only show I hate watch. It is really? The, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> and okay, I'm, no, usually, fair, fair. I'm usually against hate watching shows. Cause like, if you're hate watching something, you're giving it views and like people, mm -hmm. if they see the views, it's like, oh my gosh, it's the one of the seasons. Like, no, I hate it. Like. But I'm not gonna download it because I I still wanted to show up in my feed because like 
it's well written and like the actors are so good and like everything about it is like intriguing to me and I was like I I hate how much I love watching the show because I am captivated by the show as much as I hate Joe I'm captivated by it I do agree with what you said it was very much uh Mr. and Mrs. Smith which I kind of like thought I was like oh yeah they're definitely gonna try and play up that like whole marriage thing um I I'm not gonna lie I kind of thought that they were gonna try to do a time jump situation same because like they have a baby Mm -hmm. you know and I thought they're gonna try to do a time jump situation so they can have like a teenage kid and if it was the girl I was like oh this girl's gonna be so screwed up because love is not together she's not and then it was a boy and I was like oh gosh this is so bad yeah I did feel that too when like Joe was absolutely panicked that was a boy he was like well I'm screwed now and I was just my initial thoughts for season three is that I don't want season four season four is already announced season four is already announced and I'm not gonna watch it because I don't need to watch a white man running after a black woman in France the land of the colonizers y'all can have that for yourselves that's not for me. I'm good. I liked Marianne. I thought she was really funny and like really yeah. sweet. I found her very endearing. I'm very glad she didn't die. Oh, hallelujah. When I saw I'm- that she lived, <laughs> I was like, thank goodness. Thank goodness. We did I, not kill her. I like Sarah Gamble needs to know that I'm watching you, bitch. And I got you. I got your ass. Because if season four comes around, and Marianne ain't around. If she's gone at some point, just know you and me, we already got beef from Supernatural. So this, mm-mm, you don't want this, all right? Too much smoke. We can't, no. can't deal with it. I'm sorry. Netflix, All this you might smoke, have to you about t- to find the fire, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you, Netflix, you might just have to take the entire show down. Because <laughs> how long is you going to go up for? I don't. How is this the only show that's okay. going to have season four? So here's the thing. Season one, so I loved season, well, like, I didn't love season one. But, like, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I was like, if season two comes out, I'd watch this. Mm. Um, season two felt a little all over the place. A little bit messy. A little bit bouncing around. But it was still, you know, like, but that's that's normal season two. It's very rarely do you have, like, amazing. And then season three. I think I, season one is just, like, the beginning. Where we're meeting Joe Goldberg, regular Joe, ordinary guy. He lives in Brooklyn. He likes to... But he uses it all the time to stalk people. He has no business following around. And I think like season one was so, it's so interesting when this show came out because it's a show about a guy just like being a stalker. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a commentary on like how, uh, how men follow men around, how like certain guys who look like nice guys are not that nice and how nice guys try to like convince themselves and other people that they're nice guys and there are people watching the show who are like oh my gosh I want Joe to stalk me oh my gosh I want Joe to watch me change like babe you're nah. missing the point of the show nah he's a murderer yeah. like and I'm not sure if that frustrates me or makes me happy the fact that Joe mm. never changed like, there's sometimes, like, there's, like, brief seconds during, like, his mm. mental monologues where, like, he, like, almost blames himself. 
And then the justification, mm. the justification pops up really quick. He goes from almost regretful and two and a half sentences later, mm. he is the best thing to walk on this earth and everyone else is the problem. Yeah. Um, and I do, I he's, do respect that Netflix. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to agree with what you said. Okay, okay. Um, I do yeah, respect ahead, yeah. that Netflix is making it clear, at least to the first three seasons, that Joe is not going to change. This is not some story about how, like, the main character starts off as, like, an evil murderer and, like, you know, slowly, like, over time, he's able to be changed and he's no longer... No. No. First episode of season one, murderer. Last episode of season three, still a murderer. There has been no change in Joe. He's just gotten better at what he does. I like that because I would hate for them to try to make me like they still like try to make you feel a little bit sorry for like love or Joe um, or anyone else just like a little bit. But like they never like try to force you to think that like Joe's a good person or that love is a good person. Yeah. And in season three, it really did shock me how like when the people in the town found out that like Joe and love aren't exactly like you're your average American couple, they were so quick to assume that like love was being roped into this. They were like, oh my gosh, is he forcing this on you? He's hurting you. He's violent. He's abusive. Like she sees him for who he is, but because she's a frail white well, Yeah, woman, that's literally just, the, yeah, they mentioned mm-hmm. that. That's like the name of one of the episodes, like fragile yeah. white woman syndrome or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then that one scene with Marianne and her buddy Dante, where they're like, oh yeah, missing white woman syndrome, you know, when the media cares more about a white woman missing than the rest of us, we have to mm-hmm. for ourselves. And he was like, well, I don't think that's always the case. And I was sitting here like, Joe, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like, Joe, Joe, there's a blind man and there's a black woman. You don't know how to think to speak. Because that's another thing about Joe. He thinks he knows everything. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's Mr. Nice. He thinks he's a Mr. Smarty Pants. And he's then- IQ 180. And then when he circles around, it's like, well, yeah, like now you make say that like it makes sense, obviously. And then she's like, wait, hold up. How how are you gonna say obviously when 30 seconds ago you didn't even know that those concepts existed? Exactly. Exactly. Sir, not all of us are swooned by your fluffy (laughs) hair and your like frail little shoulders, okay? We say mere episodes before Marianne is going to run away with him. And oh the blind, and um, shoot, why can't I remember the blind man's name? And the blind man is now taking care of his son. Yeah, Dante. Dante is taking care of his son. So. I, I'm so glad that that baby is going to be raised by two people who are like not murderers. Absolutely. If anything, if, I, if anything had happened to that wonderful child, I would have, I would have broken into Netflix headquarters. If they did a time jump with that kid and then we cut to him like standing over a dead rabbit, I would have been done. I would Absolutely have been like, no, nah, we're not Absolutely doing this. Because then the kid's going to kill his mom and they're having a Norman Bates <laughs> situation. And now y'all just repeating tropes. Now y'all just reusing shit. This ain't new. This ain't new. I would like, uh, okay, I can't say I would like, but mm-hmm. if in the future, because obviously this is going to get like 10 seasons now. If we do not oh, meet gosh. that kid when they're older and we do not have that awkward confrontation from dad mm. to abandoned son because let's not let's not get this confused let's not get this confused joe abandoned that child joe abandoned mm. henry and i want henry to be pissed about that not like he it's ruined his, his entire, 
yeah, not like it's ruined his entire life, like not that Henry is now a bigger person, because clearly he does have two dads that are going to love him unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want Henry to be mad at Joe for that. I want but there the, to be a confrontation. The thing is, you remember he cut off two of his toes and he put one of them in the pie. So people would have thought he was, was baked into a pie. Yeah, but Netflix isn't going to miss an opportunity to have this. Netflix will find a way. I think the one thing I think the one thing I would be interested in is that like how how did Joe find his mom that have been and then found out that his mom has a son remember that episode I think so I find it really weird too I think what we're supposed to believe mm-hmm. is that they had her actual address on file which mm-hmm. seems weird because realistically I think she would have dropped off Joe and then disappeared like move to a different country or maybe not a different country but like move to a different state yeah like joe is not escaping from the orphanage or whatever and then walking to find his mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay there's a plane trip in there at least i want joe to find his brother i want joe to find his brother and i want his brother to look him in the eyes and see that joe is a horrible man and i want that man to go in on joe i want to be like you're not special you're not different you hunt and you stalk women and when they don't want to be with you and they don't bend to your will or they don't fit into this little stupid little mold then you kill them why would i want to be your brother i see why my mom left you in that home because you're fucked up i want that i want that i want that and i then i want him to kill joe because Everyone else was trying to take him out and it hasn't worked. So someone's got to do it. It's got to be uh, Kane and Abel. How, is he, how has he survived? Like, I get that he has, like, he's, he is the main character. I get that, okay? But besides being the main character, how has he survived? So they throw people, like, off a cliff down the stairs and those people didn't die. True. How why? Uh, and then Corey literally got pushed off of a mini cliff mm-hmm. and it's perfectly fine. He's like, yeah, I was just faking. How did he? He bones and he's perfectly fine. Never brought up again. How did he dominate a man with 6% body fat? Yeah. That's, That's also like three inches taller than him. Like, is he, what's going on here? What's going also, on with Netflix? Also, how did, when did, sorry. Hmm. When did Joe Bloodhouse fire that bow and arrow? We hadn't even seen that that bow and arrow existed until he grabs it. And then like three seconds later, he just perfectly nailed um, Corey in the back. Huh? It is, it, it, it's, it's irritating to me how many times Joe does something in you and it's a skill we've never seen him use, Absolutely. never seen him practice, never even learned, doesn't even know the name of it. And suddenly, suddenly he knows how to do this shit. Where'd you like, figure this out? Sorry, buddy? did they have archery in the orphanage? Oh <laughs> that seems dangerous. That doesn't seem like that's not the kind of orphanage that has archery, my guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know where you're practicing archery in New York. That's not like a studio. Yeah, I honestly like we have to talk about like you, like from season one to season two, and how did we get here? Like, let's let's start from the beginning. Okay. So let's start. Beginning. Wait, I'm going to say this, mm-hmm. and I will not hear any slander about it. Is Guinevere Beck a good person? Well, she's not like a great person, but like she's a normal person. I was fully investing in Guinevere Beck. Yes, it's a mm-hmm. little bit tired and repetitive. And yes, you know, she gets more sympathy from the audience because she's like, she's like a college student that's trying and she's like, you know, fra- fragile white woman syndrome. Again, mm-hmm. like obviously very prevalent there. But like at the end of the day, 
I do, I do respect her. She was probably my favorite person that Joe has been obsessed with. Guinevere Beck was just like, she, you're right. She was a normal girl. Yeah. And I think that she was meant to be like just a typical girl next door mm-hmm. that we were supposed to root for. And I know that there are people who didn't like her, but I think that kind of falls into like the kind of hidden misogyny that we kind of have with like victims where people are like, oh, well, obviously you're going to be like, you shouldn't judge women by what they're wearing. It's not like men don't hurt women because of what they're wearing. Men hurt women because they hurt women. Exactly. Like that kind of thing. But when you see it in a television show, people are like, oh, well, she shoots you from a fucking window. Then of course he's going to try and cut her down. Like, no, the joke that you've made doesn't make sense. And Beck was just like a normal girl who was trying her best. And everybody saw that she was pretty and thought that she was stupid. Like her teacher tried to come on to her. Mm -hmm. She had a boyfriend, Ashby, who was just like a dick. Her best friend, Peach, who was secretly in love with her this whole time. And maybe she knew and maybe she didn't know. And all the while, Beck just wants to be able to write. She wants to be able to draw something from within herself and put it on paper mm-hmm. and be able to write. And the one time she was able to do that was when she was trying to fight for her life. Exactly. And get out of a cage. And that like, became an international bestseller. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like she was a bad, like, writer who was, like, failing and, like, refused to, like, continue trying. Mm-hmm. No, when someone actually, like, when Joe, like, made like a few minor edits to her work so that it didn't implicate him and then published well like sent it to be published mm-hmm. international instant hit she was an amazing writer she just you know she had to like get out of her head she had to deal with her own issues she had to like put it on the paper and it was there and it wasn't up to joe to do that for her yeah you know like if she was like, alive if he hadn't killed her she would have been able to do that herself the book was already done she would have done it herself. She never needed him there. And he felt like, like he was trying to orchestrate the whole thing. It's so, it's, it's so irritating. Cause like Joe sees himself as the knight in shining armor. He is the guy who's going to kill the monster under the bed and he's going to save the girl in the story. And he is the monster under the bed. He doesn't want to look in the mirror and admit that. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating and it's stupid. And, and it's, a little bit, it's even more annoying because, and the show's very good at this, specifically in season one. Season two and three gets a little bit more iffy. But season one, definitely, the people that, like, Joe attacked mm. were, from at least an outside perspective, negative impacts on her yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Like, her first boyfriend, absolute trash, a douchebag. Mm. Like, did he deserve to die? And, like, all of that? No. But... Gwenevere Beck probably well like not probably definitely would have been better with him out of her life yeah like that was definitely negative influence that was making her feel bad about herself and was draining a lot of her energy so if he was not there see like again like I agree he was a bad influence on her but he shouldn't have been killed Um, it's a little bit harder with Peach Peach clearly was very manipulative, so you could definitely argue that she was bad for Beck. Again, did not need to die. Um, Peach is one of those friends that you have where it's like, like you have to like do that little like preparing yourself to hang out with them because mm-hmm. they might make a snide remark. But when you know somebody for that long and you have someone in your life, you care about them and you love them. It's just like, uh, and I'm going to say it, and maybe controversial, and maybe shows who I am as a person. But I'm not afraid of that, okay? I can deal with a friend who is 
slightly annoying and a little bit controlling. Mm-hmm. If they're literally writing me a check to pay like my next five months rent, like without, yeah. si- without hesitation, mm-hmm. he was like, he would, I don't care how you can have the most condescending tone in the world to me. Mm-hmm. But if you give me a check that's about to pay in the next six months of my rent, I will take that check and I will cash it. Okay. I will still continue working. Obviously, I'm not going to change anything. But extra yeah. money is extra money. Yeah, money is money. And Joe was broke. So I don't know if he was doing trying to take away Beck's like literal embodiment of like a bank, like a bag. Exactly. Like, she may have not. She, was she the best friend? No. No. But was she rich? Exactly. Yes. Sir, the Salinger's were not going to be hunting for money anytime soon. Mm. The Salinger's were fine. The Salinger's were not going to randomly run out of money next week. Mm. Okay, they've been doing this. And I find the Quins, so... on the other hand? Man, I don't even, I don't know what to say. And I have to say, like, somebody, somebody should have found Joe out sooner. And it speaks to, like, the whole nice guy. He seems like a normal guy, average Joe. Mm-hmm. And it irritates me that the only person who saw that Joe was kind of like a bad guy in the first season was Peach, who was already made out to be the villain, and Ron, who is the abusive boyfriend that lives next door. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ron saw that Joe was a monster because Ron had like, he, Ron's a bad guy. He acts out of anger and he hurts women. Like he hurts his girlfriend. Yeah, and Joe mm-hmm. in his head is like, I'm a good guy. I give kids my sub sandwich. I fix books. I stalk a girl and like I steal her underwear. But I'm we need to I'm talk about that. We, we need to talk about. Okay, first, uh, what was that name of the person he went to after Beck? Like Katie, the next door person, Katie or Kathy or the? What do you mean, Candace? So, Candace? No, no, not Candace. Um, after he leaves Beck, he hooks up with the girl who was like protecting, you know, the next door apartment from Ron. Um, and they um, end up being a thing for a little bit. I don't, I don't remember exactly. She was really nice though. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I was basically going to say. She was nice. She was amazing. I like that when, uh, Joe wakes up with her, she's like, okay. She grabs all her stuff and she leaves. She's like, well, I yeah. saw this coming. Like, you're yeah. not very sly. Like, I could tell that there was problems. And she's like, <laughs> goodbye. And then she leaves. And it yeah. was never a problem again. Like, yeah, she has some, like, she has a little bit of snide remarks that she says to Beck when they run into each other later. But, like, nothing that's, like, out of pocket. Okay? Yeah. It's just, like, the stereotypical, like, hey, if he's cheating on me, like, he's probably going to cheat on you. Like, he's going to get tired of you, too. So, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of, like, the jealous ex. But mm-hmm. nothing that's, like, vicious or evil and then she disappears and she goes off and lives her happy life hopefully with someone who actually loves her yeah hopefully i mean good for her for getting out when she could because she did not want to find that box in his freaking ceiling exactly she was gone um but no what i wanted to talk about the kids the what why is there always a kid that he'd be protected it was he wants wants to be a daddy he wants to be a father and then he literally throws away his son like, not actually, because, like, you know, good home, blah, blah, blah. But, like, quite literally, leaves his son on the doorstep. And he likes kids that are, like, you know, that really do depend on him. Because Ellie, Ellie kicked him in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, Ellie did not care. Yeah. And even though, like, in the end, was he right about that guy? Yeah, he was. But, you know, Ellie was just not with it. You know what I mean? And Ellie straight up was like, are you a creep? Are you a weirdo? And I'm like, yes, girl, he is. Yes, Run. Absolutely. Run. Run, Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, however, 
like, I hate, I one, I just hate when directors or, you know, just shows in general use, like they put a child near a bad person and, mm. and the bad person is constantly protecting that child. Cause like we, as people just have a soft spot for children. And so it's harder to hate the bad person because they're protecting something that we see as like fragile and innocent and maybe broken. Like he quite literally stops, I can't remember the kid in season one's name, from like being physically abused and maybe possibly from dying. And he definitely stops that kid from like shooting wrong, which mm-hmm. would have uh, like literally like drastically ruined that kid's life. Yeah. Um, and he does protect Ellie from getting some type of sexual assault from yeah. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's hard to, harder to hate him. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like Joe, obviously the writers have done this on purpose where they will position Joe, take care of a child, feel like he needs to watch over a kid. And in season one, of course, it made sense for him to kind of like watch over that kid when there is an abusive man in the household Mm -hmm. and the mom is doing her best, but you know, Joe brings the kid sandwiches and stuff like that. And he's doing his best to make sure the kid is okay. And in season two, it's less of like protecting the kid and more of being a little bit invasive because Delilah takes care of- uh, Ellie. Ellie, okay. Mm -hmm. I was about to call her, but I was about to call her Jenny, which is the actress's name, but yeah, yeah. Ellie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Delilah takes care of Ellie and of course Delilah when she sees Joe kind of trying to like be Ellie's friend she's like bro you're 30 years old that's yeah, my sister like calm down she's good you don't need to worry about her she's fine so back up I could take care of her and that's the thing Joe wants he thinks he's a caretaker he sees people children mm-hmm. and women as fragile soft things that he must protect because they don't know what they're doing. Ellie's a child. She can't understand that Henderson is possibly an evil person. She doesn't see. So I have to protect her. I have to watch out for her because Delilah isn't doing her job. Delilah's a bad sister. I'm the one watching after her. I'm going to keep you safe. It's my job to do that. And then what does he do? He gets himself locked in a sex dungeon. Yeah. This is an idiot. It's the same thing. Like with, and it's worse, I was like a young girl and that happened. But he sees the women he dates as like these princesses in the tower and he wants to go out and save them. But what he doesn't realize is that these princesses aren't in a tower. They live in a skyscraper, bruh. And they're fine. Yeah. These princesses are all 24 and older. Okay. Mm -hmm. These princesses, these aren't like, I don't know, young, dumb, like college students or like late high school students who legitimately don't know anything. Um, it would still be very creepy if Joe was trying to protect them, but like, my point is like, these are women. Okay. They're, they're fine. Okay. They have a good credit score and everything. They have their own aspirations. They have their own wants and needs. They have their own goals. They understand what they're doing. And although they may be flawed people and they don't get everything perfect, that doesn't mean that they need you to come in and like completely take care of them. Because I remember when he was looking into Marianne. And he saw the paper that she had from court about like neglect and child endangerment. He's like, no, this isn't you. You're not like this. You're a nice person. Buddy, that's her past. 
And you have no business trying to dig into somebody you do not know simply because you had a little thought in your mind and now you feel this attachment to this person and you've become obsessed with them because you want to fix them, because mm-hmm. you want to help them, because you want to be, you don't need to fix her. You don't need to help her. She is fine. Yeah, she was fi- she was fixing herself. She was completely yeah. fine. And why would you think that just because like she's like a nice person to you that like she couldn't have had like a troubled past? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, maybe she's a nice person because she was able to walk through her stuff without you. She was mm-hmm. absolutely fine. Like she, like the only problem that she really had when like Joe entered is that her ex-husband happened to like be winning custody, which I get is like a mm-hmm. big problem, but like, this isn't like, uh, Marionette being flawed. This isn't some great deep personal issue. She's just currently in a custody battle. Okay, there are also tens of thousands of women across the US who are at this very second in a custody battle. Like this isn't some grand random thing that's happening. This isn't like a once in, once in a blue moon event that only happened to happen to specific women. You're just describing something that is unfortunately a very true part of what it's like living in America. Like, you're not slaying a dragon. You're yeah. just kind of intruding on someone's life. And even though her ex-husband was a dick and maybe he did deserve to get stabbed in the chest three times, that doesn't, like, you know, like, she didn't deserve everything that that guy did to her, obviously. But, like, Joe is, like, I get it. The show, season one, um, when they were showing like Ivan Mooney, the guy who owned the bookstore and like oh, locked mm-hmm. him in the cage, mm-hmm. they were they were trying to be like, oh my gosh, look at him. He was just so hurt by this man. Like his guy was just, you know, whatever. But like the show obviously is trying flesh Joe out to his kid who is traumatized and like he tries to absolve himself of the bad things he does. He does because deep down he feels like he's a good person mm-hmm. and he thinks that he is protecting these women who keep going back to these men that they know are bad. Why don't they stop going back to these men and come to me? I'm the good guy. I'm the good one. But when they don't want to be with you because you fear being abandoned, you kill them because you're paranoid, bro. Like- yeah. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, With that, like every single, okay, except for like Katie or whatever her name is in season one, mm-hmm. the, the girl yeah. next door, the, le- le- the legit girl next door. Yeah. Um, Other than her, Every single time, no way, even with her. Yes, even with her. Every single time he's with the person that he currently wants to be with, there's someone else on his mind. Maybe not so much with Gwen, with Guinevere. Mm. Less so with her, but with everyone after, every single woman that he's like currently with or actively sleeping with or in a relationship with, he is already thinking of someone else. I really wish that i'm so tired of him being obsessed with the girl and the girl's automatically like i like you too can we stop can we please stop guys that's something he's, that we need to talk about too that's something we need he's to talk shaved about like too. a beach bro what's happening <clears throat> okay Why? How, how legitimately how like i get that he's like an average joe <laughs> um yeah. but at the same time excuse me what how many different I- partners did you have in a span of like it's excludes season three um for this in the span of like six months like there was beck there was katie there was love there was delilah there was was there more than that was it just four maybe it was uh, just four. oh my gosh delilah like delilah in, within within like six months 
you've had four se- serious girlfriends. Where's how? First of all, okay, Joe, I know I watched your show. I so I, I know a little bit about you. Do you have any tips for just like meeting someone that doesn't involve stalking them? Because like, obviously story, movie, magic, blah, 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 blah. Relationships, easy to happen. Relationships aren't that easy to happen. So if you could give me a few tips on to just how to like start a relationship, I would actually very appreciate that. If season four could just be a realistic take of how to legitimately start a relationship when every girl isn't just like falling over you, that would be nice. I, I, it's like, it's, cause like, I get it. I understand. I had a white boy phrase. I had a white boy phase too, but I feel like there's something there's just something about Joe and maybe it's because we as the audience have already seen the things that he has done Mm -hmm, and seen his actions but I feel like there has to be there's really there's like certain people you meet you can kind of see like you're not all there Mm -hmm. you know like you're putting on a good farce and you're acting but you're not all there and people can see that and love saw that she saw that in season two, the moment she met him, she realized that he was different. And then she looked into him and then she found out everything that he did. And that's another thing I want to talk about. How is it that Love was able to dig into Joe and find out every single thing that he did? But Peach Salinger's family got a PI with a jar of his piss and blood in it, but they couldn't get him? Netflix, you're lying. Come absolutely, on. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also, the fact that Candace just like disappeared like, they just casually mentioned, like, oh, well, I threatened her and gave her a lump of money, and then she was gone. And then Candace was legitimately gone. I thought for sure Candace was going to come back and do something. Or I thought they would be revealed, like, after we find out that, like, love is, like, an actual, like, killer. I thought, oh, maybe love killed Candace. That'd be, like, a nice twist. Like, she said that Candace just, like, disappeared with, like, a threat and money, but, like, maybe love just killed her. Because that would make, that would make sense, too. What? She did. She, no, she no. literally, she literally push her. Did I get, did she actually? Yes, it's just a two. After she killed Delilah, she killed Candace. But she killed Candace, did she kill Candace later though? It was, it was that same, why did I think that it was? She was driving around doing errands and dropping off her friend's wedding cake with Candace in her back seat and her oh, in the mm-hmm. trunk. Yeah, why am I dumb? Why am I dumb? Okay, never mind Netflix. Never mind Netflix. Because that was confusing me. That makes more sense. I also want to say I'm glad that Candace didn't like die. I'm because like season one, Candace is the ex. And we're supposed to like draw a conclusion that possibly they broke up. Maybe he didn't actually like hurt her or anything like that. But at the end of season one, you see her. You see her, and she's there, and she's mm-hmm. alive. And he's like totally shocked by the fact that she is alive and she's there in person, of course. And I cannot imagine what it must feel like to see the man that you fell in love with, that you are dating, and he gets this idea in your head that you're cheating on him when you're not. And then he buries you alive and you have to fight for your life. But then you realize no one's looking for you. No one is searching for you. There are posters for when you're missing because everyone took his word and saying that you went to Europe and left. No one's actually actively searching for you. And that's also a commentary on how like, oftentimes there are dangerous men. There are women who are in relationships and it's obviously the guy. It's a boyfriend. It's a husband. They did it. Mm-hmm. But the cops don't want to dig into it too deep. They're like, oh, they'll work it out themselves. Oh, this is a family matter. Like, no, 
you need to dig into this stuff because if you're not taking her seriously from what she's saying, then you're going to end up going to the house again, but you have to bring a body back. Exactly. And with Candace coming back in season two, I think it was really a way for Joe to confront his demons and really look at who he is as a person and really like sit down and think, I'm a bad person. You're not a good little boy, Joe. You're not doing this to protect people or to help people. You can't talk your way out of this one. You are looking a girl in the eye who you murdered, who you dug and you left her in the dirt and she had to fight her way out of the soil to look you in the face and confront you. The boldness and the bravery that takes is something that is unmatched and unparalleled. And it makes me so sad that she died. And I understand it's for TV, it's not real, but Mm -hmm. it does connect to real life. How so many times you get in a relationship with somebody, how women or like men start dating someone, everything's going great, everything's going wrong. And these little things that piss them off, the paranoia, the asking questions, they're getting a bit obsessed, wanting to look through your phone. And then sometimes it doesn't go past that. And sometimes it does, and it can get dangerous. And the show, of course, first it was a lifetime show. So of course there was like some kind of, there are, there are some dramatics, you know, and there's, you know, some liberties that Netflix takes, but the show really does relate to real life because there are plenty of women who know a Joe Goldberg mm-hmm. and he's being seen as this knight in shining armor even though the show is very clearly being like hey this guy is a murderer there are people who are watching the show and there are fans of the show that see joe as an average guy who's so nice and he just wants a girlfriend he's supposed to take care of a girl he does not want a girlfriend he wants a little doll he wants something that he can play with there's something he can look at and marvel at and admire because love was like the perfect girl for him but when he found out that she was a murderer too he got scared because she's crazy because she's out of her mind because oh my gosh like who could do such a thing when he's looking in the freaking mirror mm-hmm. and he can't really look in the mirror and mm-hmm. see the actions and see the consequences to his actions and see what he has done and Candace is standing right here like hey you're an asshole you try to kill me I didn't cheat on you and still in his head he's trying to reason with himself like there's not a physical person looking you dead in the eyes and be like hey buddy Guess what? It's not cool having soil in your lungs and coughing that shit out for two weeks. Surprise. Mm-hmm. And there was so many times in season three where Joe like admitted, like mentally admitted that love is good at this. Like she was like, oh shoot. Love is like a little bit too good at this. Like, is that jealousy? Like, because every she's, single time she's better Joe, at than you are. Every single time Joe kills somebody and gets away with it, it's on accident. It's because he got lucky. Or it's because people aren't looking into it deep enough. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely, really it. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, shoot. Oh, yeah. The part you were mentioning about how, like, he thinks that love is crazy because, mm-hmm. um, because like, she's a killer. Um, literally, isn't, isn't that literally what their therapist told them? Didn't their yeah. therapist tell them? Because, like, they have that, like, heartwarming moment when, like, they realize at the end of the day, they're both doing the things they do because they're afraid of being abandoned. And the therapist has that line. She's like, oftentimes it's like hard to truly see the other person because it's like looking in a mirror Mm -hmm. because like they both have the same root issues. So it's hard to like truly see them because then they'd have to like truly see themselves. One, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. That was a good therapist. I'm kind of sad that the therapist just like, whoop. And like, we don't get a thing more from the therapist. Um, But also, no, never mind. I have no idea where I was going with that. 
Uh, I do want to add just really quickly in season three, I feel like they did a really good job of kind of like um, the neighbors when Natalie dies, they definitely like head straight into like serial podcasts, like kind of NPR Mm -hmm. true crime fan Mm -hmm. territory where they're treating her death as an obsession, as a thing to talk about and gossip about as if someone has not died, as if a tragedy hasn't happened and they're trying to profit off that tragedy and how love and Joe are kind of trying to fade into the background and not really be seen or noticed by anything that is happening. And I think that the show is doing a good job at kind of like not really calling out their fans, but in a way they kind of are calling out fans and people who like with everything that happened with like that young woman who was like doing the van life with her boyfriend and she went missing oh yeah Mm -hmm. and like people obsessing over her death and people on tiktok like psychics trying to like you know say stuff that was completely stupid and ridiculous like trying to profit off of a tragedy off of someone's death and it's just like this commentary how you can be interested in those kind of things like murder we get it it's salacious like it keeps your life interesting it's something to talk mm-hmm. about but what you can't do is forget about the fact that there's still a person mm-hmm. like someone has died someone has lost their sister or their brother and you're trying to take it and turn it into like you're trying to it's like the more you talk about it and the more you try to like nitpick at it and create theories about it the more you're taking away from the tragedy and the more you're taking away from the sorrow that should be felt by someone passing. And that's what people kind of do with the show when they're trying to like nitpick like certain details or they're like, Joe's so hot. Or like, oh my gosh, I keep the, 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 the like, you guys are so busy thinking about like how hot Joe is and like, oh my gosh, he's so smart and da, 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 da. He's a murderer. Yeah. The more time you spend sexualizing this man, the less time you focus on his body count and how there are people in real life who are like Joe Goldberg and you need to be watching out for them. Absolutely. Um, shifting away from Joe for a quick second. I do I do like understand why they did it because it made it more dramatic in season three, but I find it a little bit off or hard to believe that Matthew, the husband of Natalie, um, got that obsessed about her death. Like, their marriage seemed, at least from Natalie's perspective, very on the rocks. They Mm -hmm. never talked to each other. It was very, like, cut business type. And so for him to go into almost, like, a mad, jealous sort of rage for months on end, stress himself almost to the point of, like, exhaustion to find the idea of a killer when he really didn't like, we have no signs that he actually even loved Natalie anymore. It seems, I, like, I get why they did it for the show, but it seems a little bit uncharacteristic. I think that they may, because she had mentioned before that, like, Matthew kind of watches the cameras. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has a little bit of, like, he he possibly loved her, but we don't know that because we never really saw their them interact with her. And... It might be that Natalie was just like that kind of woman who was like a board housewife when her husband's out of town a bunch of times. So of course she's like, oh, there's a new guy on around the block. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he's, you know, down to hang out or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. We need to talk about love because this has been very focused on Joe. Mm-hmm. And love is like, as we know, love is also a killer. So I, um, this, okay. 
I'm not wrong when I say this. If anybody tells me I'm wrong, you didn't watch the same show I did. Okay. Love, love definitely at one point fucked her brother. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, mm. it's like when you can see the, um, the, the LGBTQ undertones of like a show. Like mm-hmm. it's not directly said that these people are in love. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. it did not need to be directly said. Mm-hmm. There was literally a scene of them in the bath with like, obviously it was like a, like um, a hallucination or whatever, mm-hmm. but a scene of them in the bath with each other. Okay. I absolutely love my brother and my sister. I don't think I've ever been naked in a bath with them. Yeah. Yeah, can't say the same. Can't yeah. say the same. Yeah. Also, it's very clear, like, love had to take care of 40 because her parents were around to take care of them. And whenever, when 40 got close to that girl, love killed her. Mm-hmm. And 40 thought that he killed that girl. But love let him think that so that he would depend on her more because he felt like he was broken. You know what I mean? And like so many times, like you see it, like there's this weird kind of, this is weird codependence with each other and they're kind of like attached to the hip. And of course they're twins. Mm -hmm. So there's that, but like, ooh, when Love was talking to that little boy, that teenager from across the way, who was like her next door neighbor, uh, Theo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He looks a lot like 40. Absolutely. Yeah. And with love naming her child henry 40 love cohen goldberg like there's first of all rip that child i hope that the two dads are smarter than that they adjust his name a little bit because he does not need to be going through that pain and torture they need to take 40 off his birth certificate they need to take 40 off his birth certificate they need to take quinn goldberg obviously that's probably is going to be done because like last name will change because now he's Mm -hmm. officially adopted but 40 needs to be stricken from the record yeah and i kind of like there's so much to be said about the family dynamic how just how clingy not clingy obviously codependent but just like how attached she was to possibly starting with her son Henry being able to raise him better than she raised 40 but also having this like desire towards this kid Theo who was younger than her way younger way somebody who is you know moldable and somebody who she can kind of bend to her will and someone who will listen to her and someone that she has an attraction to and so closely resembling her brother it's so we're circling back to this okay she Mm -hmm. fucked her brother it happened yeah we did get a scene because netflix Mm -hmm. isn't brave enough for that but it, it, it is what happened and i oh my gosh i just i feel there were some in season two there are point there are parts of the season where I felt bad for 40 because this guy is obviously going through something and like he turns to drugs and alcohol to deal with his problems. But at the same time, he's not a good person. He wasn't a good person. He was really bad and he did not respect people and he took advantage of certain situations. Mm-hmm. And did he deserve like this is the thing we keep have to, having to ask ourselves. All these people, a lot of the people in the show are bad. They're bad people. They're Absolutely. annoying. They're irritating. Exactly. I think there's there's very few. There's no like characters that we really get to know who are good people. And from the characters that we do get to know very well, are also bad people too. Mm-hmm. Like Joe is 
undeniably a horrible person. And when Joe is in his inner monologue, that's another thing about the show, the inner monologue, we need- we're there. Mm-hmm. right there in his brain mm-hmm. and that's another thing because like when you're watching the show and you see these women fall for this guy you're you're screaming at the show you're like girl no Absolutely no not. no go please away no. don't no. look in his eyes don't do it because we're there we're in his mind we can hear him justify his needs we can hear him like brush off the consequences to his actions we can hear him go from point a to point f and then plan a murder for somebody who's just a mild annoyance was a mild inconvenience like was benji a good guy no but did he deserve to die no like yes i get it his artisanal sodas sucked mm-hmm. but most artisanal sodas do like that's... Yes. he's a rich white boy he's a bad yeah we know he's a bad person that yeah. didn't mean he needed to like we him saw his down. watch we were well aware that he was a bad person like we peeped game we knew that <laughs> and another thing about joe he feels like he is the savior that's another thing. It's this white savior bullshit that he's exactly. on. He feels like he got to take care of everybody. He feels like he's going to swoop in and save the day. You're not Batman, Joe. You're a normal guy. And I, I like, it's, ooh, ooh. And him, like, be like, I'm going to save you. And there was a Black moment, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the, this is not it. Because if y'all have to kill another Black person on this show, I am going to be so upset when Marianne walked into the house and love was had the freaking the freaking turkey thing. My heart rate. Back. Oh my gosh. I really thought she was gonna look at Joe and then Joe's gonna watch Marianne die and then the daughter was gonna I'm so glad the daughter walked in right at the right moment. Perfect. Mm. And I like in that moment, I'm not I think I'll call it, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Love regretted it. Cause she kind of said that. Yeah. She regretted that she almost killed us. She was like, I yeah. can't believe that I almost left another child motherless. Disgusting. She was like, I can see why you like her. And like, obviously she blamed Joe for like mm-hmm. her wanting to kill Marianne. But like, yeah. she was like, I can't believe I almost did that. Disgusting. I hope that she lives a happy life far away from you. She won't. Season four is announced. She won't. Yeah. But <laughs> another thing is that like, I really thought love was going to. I really hoped love was going to I thought they were going to take each other out. But they had to let the guy, they had to let him, they had to let him. Season four is already happening. Oh, really quick about the inner monologues. Some of my favorite bits from the entire series is when we get inner monologue that's not Joe. Yeah. I love when we got that like half an episode where it was Gwen's, uh, when it was Guinevere's inner monologue. Um, Even though it was fake, I liked Peach's inner monologue, even though it just happened to be Joe writing for her. I liked Peach's inner monologue. I liked the couple of times that we got Love's inner monologue. That was fun. I wish they would have done that more when we got to hear other people's inner monologues. So it's interesting. It gives us a new perspective. It takes a little bit of camera work away from Joe, which makes the series feel more fleshed out in general. Like, yeah, why couldn't think- we have gotten a Delilah inner monologue or an Ellie inner monologue? Delilah would have been a lot more interesting because Delilah is a smart person and she's really funny and like I like Delilah like I really really Mm -hmm. liked her and I feel like she even though she saw through Joe and she saw that he wasn't a good guy and that one she was we can we can give her the pass she was emotionally distraught they all are yeah they all are they all are are. anyways but yeah Delilah in a monologue oh would have made season two so much better so much better and i do have to say i kind of wish that we um focus a bit more on love because she 
has been through more than Joe has been through. Like she's Absolutely. really going through it. Like she had to kill her brother, her best friend, her soulmate, so she could be with Joe, who was someone who was a lot like her. But Joe was so scared of who loved and like love when she kills somebody she does kind of like is shocked by what she did but she immediately is like let's go into crisis mode let's figure exactly. this out because joe was act like fully surprised they both act fully surprised when they kill somebody as if y'all haven't been doing this yeah like how long we don't you remember um in season two when he kept like repeating all their names he was like mm-hmm. what do they have and he's like um he's like peach joe and he's like boom, 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 boom. and then like he stopped doing that that was funny when he was doing that I was like, yeah, I another one to the list, bitch. You're up to like seven now. Yeah, and like him repeating the list is kind of like him trying to like condition himself not to do that anymore. But it reminded me of Arya in Game of Thrones when she would say the names before she went to bed every night, Mm -hmm. the names of the people that she was going to kill. And it's the opposite because Arya is seeking revenge on people who have wronged her. Mm -hmm. And Joe is trying to keep himself in check and keep himself in line from doing the bad things that he used to do and keep him from making the same mistakes and being impulsive and acting irrational because he always calls love. He says that she's, she said he says that she's impulsive, but Joe is quite impulsive as yeah. well. Like it wasn't a smart idea to hop your neighbor's fence when you just found out you had the measles. Yeah, maybe lie down instead. Maybe just like drink some Benadryl and take a nap and figure out how to do that the next day. Also, the fact that the scarf never like he literally takes the scarf back. Like, so there's so there was no point. So there's he no just, reason for you going over there. And he burned the scarf too. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, so we're not playing the murder on him. What are we what are we gonna do? Also, like, ooh, I kind of like this feels bad, but it's kind of interesting that they threw in like the Gil guy in there with like the college thing. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, Love and Joe moved to suburbia because, but you're surrounded by people who live these seemingly boring, perfect lives. And a lot of these people are rich, they're affluent, they're well-endowed, they come from really good backgrounds, and they didn't have to struggle or work for anything. A lot of them worked hard to get where they are, but they're No longer position- really need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're also in positions where if they did something bad in their life in the past, it's not something that's going to be held against them because they can simply make it go away. And when the man... I think his name was Gil when he was in that cage. Yeah, mm-hmm, Gil. and there, there, yeah, he was talking about love. Was talking about how Gil's wife got their son into a good school, even though their son was somebody who would attack women. Gil said this thing where it's like, "I didn't want him to me." Mm-hmm. I was and, hoping that they dive more into that. Yeah, and it was a thing where, like, Gil is seemingly the perfect dad. He reads to kids. He takes care of his children. He posts about his daughters, but he doesn't post about his son. When you look on social media, he never posts about his son. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's ashamed of his son because the son is a reflection of himself, of who he used to be. And when I was watching that, I was like, I need Joe to pick up on this, that your son is going to be like you. That even though you can try to raise him right and take care of him and do everything right, he can still end up screwed up and messed up and there's nothing you can really do. You think all you can do is protect love and dust the rest? No. Because this guy's son should be in jail. Yep. And here he is at Stanford. Mm-hmm. What makes you think you're different? You murder people. 
and you don't even take accountability for your actions. You don't even try to repent and turn back from your sins. You just walk around with this shit on your back to the point where the embodiment of your evilness was personified and then talking to you when you were sick with the measles. Mm-hmm. Bro, bro, I'm glad that baby went with those two with, with the gay couple. I'm glad that he did. And I'm happy that baby thinks his daddy is dead because the baby don't need to see that man no more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what was I even going to say? It was something while you were talking about like the the witch people. Oh, so this uh, Netflix tried. I'm not sure how hard they tried, and I think they failed. But Netflix tried to like be able to justify the fact that the Quins were rich, but at the same time condemn the fact that everyone else was rich. Yeah, and like. Like Quins are a little bit more of old money, a little bit more old money, uh-huh. and like the like the town Madryland is like yeah. uh, new money. But like mm-hmm. if we're arguing, like if we're arguing from a realistic perspective here, money made in technology is still still a little bit bloody. But I would argue cleaner than basically any old money organization. Yeah, just because like one practices are in general more ethical now than they were then and like obviously it's like there's still like huge arguments about like you know like tech shops in like china and stuff like that but things are improving so if we're Mm -hmm. going to like pick a battle over who's the worst type of rich person Mm -hmm. i think the old money should be on the chopping block here yeah not and less so the new money like new money is annoying because it's flashing in your face more yeah but it but like, if we're looking at damage that has been done, the old money is where it's at. And I feel like Netflix like was trying, like they had that line about like mm-hmm. the silver spoon or like the 1%, like the mm-hmm. 1% bubble. And like Love says, careful, otherwise you might like include us with that. Like that, that line, that cognitive, the cognitive dissonance, like mm-hmm. I'm old money. So like, you have to be careful what you say. Otherwise I might get lumped in with these new money people. Like, no. No, it's the it's the other way around. Yeah. It's the other way around. A it's, new money person doesn't want to get lumped in with the blood money that's on your hand. Yeah, it's annoying when like rich white people when it act in especially like in real life, in TV shows, whatever, they try to act like they're not like these other rich people. Like I understand what privilege is and I see it. And these people, wow, they don't understand. They're not tapped in like I am. It's like babe. How about you Venmo me ten thousand dollars and shut up? Yeah. How about you shut up? Okay, and Netflix, cause... Netflix really tried with the, the sugar-free, gluten-free stuff, mm-hmm. and like they were like, oh well, they all have such like impossible diets. Like they were like making fun of it. Like, like I understand like, maybe like doing it for your kid because like mm-hmm. a few of them were doing it for the kids. That yeah. might you like you can argue that it's crossing the line a little bit. But what's wrong with like wanting to like try to be healthier? Like, what's wrong? Like, I know that diet culture can be extremely toxic and bad, but if, like, you find a diet that works for you and, like, you're staying healthy, you're getting all your nutrients in, um, and you're, like, they're clearly, like, they're all very active. So they're all active. They're all, like, working on themselves. They're, like, obviously, they're all gorgeous. Um, And they found a diet that, like, they can stick to and that works for them financially and, like, on a daily life. Why are we judging them for it? And there was never even, like, a point in it when, like, they made it seem like it was, like, an anorexia thing. Or they made it seem like it was, like, a, you know, dark sides of diet culture thing. No. 
These are just people who are living their lives on their diets, riding their Peloton. Like, okay, we can look at it and seem like, oh, it seems a little bit snobby, but they're not bothering anyone and they're healthy and their kids are healthy. So what's the problem? It's, it's just like, I don't even know. Honestly, like, it's the same kind of jokes that people make about like the rich people. And Joe is just like, you hear him in his inner monologue talking about this town and like, everyone's so, so terrible. Like, Joe, you need to shut, you're judging these people and you're judging them on their lifestyle and like their expensive shoes and expensive cars and like how they name their babies stupid names. Sure, judge them on that. You know what I'm judging you on? Your body count. Exactly. Okay, Corey and Sherry might be a little bit annoying sometimes it might be a little bit full of themselves mm-hmm. but they haven't killed anyone why is it that your body count and then your body count are the same number uh, what's that about what's yeah, that about joe huh? they should be two very different numbers huh? <laughs> you should have one body count my guy it is not this one all right jesus talking about skeletons and closets you got a couple skeletons in your closet yeah, you ground. got a couple of rotted bodies they aren't even cold mm. yet you got some panties in a box. Let's talk about that. True. How, hmm. how long is he going to keep those panties for? Why does he keep... Stop taking people's things. Stop taking people's things. Leave it Stay alone. Stay out of people's houses. Leave it alone. Leave him alone. I just remembered that he put a tracker on Ellie's phone so he could follow her around. Yeah. That's crossing a line. That's doing too much. Exactly. She is a person. Um, She's 15, almost 16. Um, and then you literally like throw her off by herself at the end of season two. But like, like obviously things could be better for her, but Delilah is doing her best and they're having arguments, but like Ellie is going to school. Ellie is extremely smart. Ellie is fed. Ellie has a place to sleep. And Ellie seems like pretty happy. Like she has friends. She Mm -hmm. has interests. She's actively working on like her, you know, filmography career. So it's not like she's like destitute. Okay. She was, she was pretty okay. She makes some questionable decisions. Who doesn't when they're 15? Was, should she have been hanging out with Henderson? No. No. Absolutely not. But, no. but she know, was by it, no means like a poverty stricken child living on the streets, scrapping for like her next. Yeah. Like him, he got lucky when he saved Ellie from Henderson. Mm-hmm. Like he got lucky in that regard, but he really shouldn't have been doing all of that. Like, the tracker was too much. You're crossing a line. That's just, that's a no-no. Also, I don't know how he's going to get that box to France, but I hope he left that at the base. I hope so too. We don't need it anymore. We don't need it anymore. Especially because all of them are dead. <laughs> how is he moving this box around? Y'all got to explain this to me. It's not a Lego set. It's a big-ass <laughs> box. It's a big-ass box. If you move that, somebody's going to notice. Exactly. Like, the box what? is gone. I'm sorry. We need to leave that box alone. We need to let the box... Let the box die. Please take that box apart and just spread it across the, you know, the U.S. And just like, no. No more. You don't need a cage. Like, what is this? Oh, true. How, how they continued building that cage. Like, every season it popped up again. It was like... This cage is the real best reoccurring character, okay? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the most consistent character. It shows up at this show every time. Exactly. It's there. You know exactly what to do it. I also want to say Sherry was my favorite part of season. Sherry perfectly balances mm-hmm. basically everything I love and hate about that type of yeah. lifestyle. 
she was she was so good and the thing is it's like netflix see i know that we asked for that mm-hmm. and we're getting kind of tired when you throw it, but mm-hmm. i appreciate that what i need you to do black women the fucking enemy in this show all right Absolutely. just because we have a third eye that these white women don't pick up on doesn't mean we're the enemy and it doesn't mean we deserve to die all right i saw you take out my girl shay i saw you take out my girl delilah mm-hmm. all right and then you try to take out my homegirl sherry that wasn't i i'm glad mm-hmm. that she didn't die i'm glad she figured out about the key because everybody forgot yeah. that he hit a key in the key no no that's like he wait did no she hid the key love hid the key because love didn't trust him no, Joe hid the key. No, because she hid it for the new one. She hid it in one of the, like, underneath one of the flower things because she didn't trust him. Joe right. didn't hide the key in oh, the yeah, third yeah. one. I meant in the season two. Yeah, in season two. He yeah. hid mm-hmm. the key because yeah. he was like, of course we're going to get trapped in my own cage. You mm-hmm. would think I would have a key? I think he also did that in season one. Yeah, yeah, he at did. At some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's like, how he gets out at the end and, like, is able to, like, attack Beck. Yeah. I'm like, so sorry for Beck. Him. Also... You remember that little boy? That, he saw that her? absolute motherfucking bitch. Ah! Oh my not, okay, gosh. I don't care if Joe is your bestest, westest friend ever, okay? Oh. There is a woman in a basement that you will know that was kind to you, that also gave you food, that also gave you books, that also, like, I, I don't know, loved you, took care of you, whatever, was friendly with you. You could regularly talk to her, okay? She is in the basement screaming, saying that she mm-hmm. needs help. She is banging on the door. She is saying, unlock the door. You don't even know where Joe is. Can you just unlock the door? Mm. We can worry about where Joe is in 30 seconds after the door is unlocked. It's like the kid knew. The kid knew. He was like, I can't go. Joe stopped me from killing Ron, so I wouldn't go to jail. So she's going to have to pay the sacrifice because I don't want Joe to go to jail because Joe is my guy. Because men look out for men. And the thing is about that kid, I feel sorry for that child. I do. Because his first instinct was to kill that man, Ron. Even though he was bad influence, he was terrible, he was abusive. He deserved a punishment. I don't think death was it, but like he deserved a punishment. Mm -hmm. And the kid very clearly could deduce that Joe is the kind of guy where like, hmm. You know, like he's nice to me, so that's good. As like this girl, she fell on hard times, but you know, you be breezy because well, one thing I'm not gonna do is let my my buddy Joe get thrown in the clink. I'm sorry about this, but and then he left, and then when the kid left and he was moving away with his mom, yep, him and Joe, they had a little thing going on, and I they was like, like, no, he, the kid was like, I know you killed that bitch back, um, but I ain't gonna say nothing. How it's just like. Men will always stick up for other men and protect them. It's also why cops don't look too into like, um, it's also why cops don't look too deeply when women are assaulted and women are hurt mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, he's a good guy. Like, what would he do that for? You know what I mean? Like when Ron tells him, goes to the cops about Joe and Joe shows them his local garden, even though there's obviously something a bit sus going on there. And Ron's like, look, look, the cops are like, we don't care, bro. We don't care. No. It's fine. He's a normal guy. It's also, so we've already addressed, okay, now that we've officially said that the kid shouldn't have killed Ron, and it was a good thing that Ron, you know, like, wasn't killed by the kid because we're doing the kid's life. I'm going to need to say something else real quick. Horror movie trope that I absolutely hate when the person, like, you know, like, takes out the big daddy, like, they hit them over the head or something, mm-hmm. and then they, like, run away? No. No. Like, I'm sorry. The kid shouldn't have done this. 
But at the same time, this is exactly what the kid should have done. When the kid hit Vaughn with the bat, you do not stop there. Okay, because you know that as soon as he wakes up, he will come and get you. The same thing with monsters in horror films. When you knock out that monster, you better be bashing its head in until you are absolutely 1 yeah. million percent sure that it's dead. Obviously, in this context, don't do that. I understand why the kid didn't. Obviously, it's just a kid. We already agreed that Vaughn shouldn't have died, blah, blah, blah. It worked out better this way. But in a life or death scenario, if there's an assailant coming and you got the chance to knock him out, at least break his kneecaps or something. Yeah. Like you have to make sure that there is no possible way that that person is following you. You are fully capable of running away. Like break their knees. Okay, do something so that that person cannot chase you. Because they're going to chase you. You just yeah. hit them over the head with a bat. They aren't going to let that go. And that's also with Beck when she hit Joe over the head. And I... Yeah, exactly. Remember- I hate it. I remember, like, I rewatched, I've rewatched season three of you. I've watched season one like three times already. I still cannot comprehend how he ran up the stairs and grabbed her. He must have some kind of adrenaline in his body to be able to be doing these things because I've never seen him work out. I've never seen him lift weights. I've never seen him drink a protein shake or nothing. I've never seen so him do sir, a single push up. <laughs> how are you doing this, sir? You are built like a pencil. Okay, all right? You were trying to jog after a peach salad. A- a 23 year old woman who just casually jogs for the exercise was able to outpace you constantly, was able to leave you in the dirt, leave you behind. You were sweating 50 yards behind her. And she wasn't even breaking a sweat. Why did nobody notice a man in all black running after a woman in the park in daylight? Yeah, this is park. This is New York. This is like- This is Central Park, New York City. This is like 9.30 in the morning. Like, there are, there are currently 900 other people who are running the exact same path. This is like a marathon. We're all together right now. Also, why did nobody notice him hit her over the head with a rock? Nobody saw that? No cameras? No nothing? No really? Nothing? Really? In New York. Really? In New York. Nobody saw this. You're lying. You're lying. Netflix, please. Also, you I'm- mentioned protein shake. I need to bring this up Um, because of Ryan. I'm not sure how Netflix think addiction works, but how, like, he was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't able to, like, drug him because he was already putting drugs in his protein shake and, like, all the AA stuff and everything was just for a front. Netflix, if someone is that addicted to, uh, like, an actual, like, drug, like Oxycontin, I think is what they said it was, mm-hmm. um, they are not living that wonderful, luxurious life that they are able to hide from everybody. If they are that dependent on the drug that they are constantly juicing themselves like 10 times a day, I'm pretty sure. Because he was like drinking those protein cheeks constantly. Like he constantly yeah. had different ones. They are not a functional member of society. I don't know how Netflix thinks that you're able to be a hardcore, like a legitimate hardcore drug addict. And at the same time, be a perfectly well-adjusted person. But that simply doesn't happen. He's also extruded and rich. So... I feel like there probably have been some times where he had like a little outburst or something. And then there was like an executive that walked in the room and was like, hey guys, Ryan, he's had a long day. What can I say? He worked out this morning. He did have breakfast. He's a little angry, you know, give him a little, give him a snack, you know, give him a sandwich. He'll be fine. Like, come on guys. Like he was friends with the judge. You remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Friends with the judge. That's why she kept losing. Well, that's why she lost the custody battle. But that made perfect sense. That made perfect sense that he'd be friends with the judge. He's a local celebrity. 
when I saw, like, when Joe snuck into his house to um try and, like, when Joe snuck into his house to try and, like, to jerk him, off to Bajid's pictures, that was the real reason he snuck into the house. Let's not forget. Okay, continue. <laughs> when he went in to like drug her, I was like, when he went in to drug Brian, I was just like, we are just, we are just right to the fact that he possibly has cameras. His neighbors yeah, have cameras. Enti- yeah, the entire neighborhood has cameras. That's kind of what Matthew was doing. Matt, it. Why is it that the kid could see? The kid thought to look at the other camera from the jewelry shop, but Matthew didn't. Sir, yeah. you had a map of. You've been doing this for six months. And we're looking at the same four cameras for six, man. You needed to go take a walk or something. You literally, you did need to go out of that. You room. needed to take a walk. Because so something look. was not clicking. Yes. Honestly, it's not that hard to catch them. Maybe it's because we're watching it. So we, of course, saw what they're doing. But like, all you do was bury a body in the woods. How, I, you know, like, what? Also, the fact that the police, uh, the, like, detective or whatever, the woman was talking to Matthew, like, right before, like, she, like, said that he has to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like, and she was like, what? Like, someone killed her, drove her body to the woods, buried the body, planted the ring, moved to somewhere else, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait, how did she guess exactly what happened? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> like, what did show? How did she get beat for beat? exactly what went down you are exactly. a good detective man because mm. you didn't you you were convinced that this isn't even a murder and yet you just listed every single thing that love and joe did also you remember did season one he was burning uh, benji's body and oh. then a couple saw him in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. and the couple did nothing let me tell you something wood has a certain smell bodies burning a different certain smell <laughs> So I guess they didn't stop him because they were scared that he was going to take them out too. Or maybe they just thought it was weird that he was in a bonfire by himself in the middle of the woods. Maybe they didn't pick up that he wasn't, you know, uh, smoking that rabbit. But um, for the record, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. A strange man in the woods with a bonfire, I would respectfully keep moving to. Especially this is at night. And we're kind yeah. of away in the woods. Like, I'm not sure how quickly help can get here. I don't judge them for that. I would have done the exact same thing. I've been like, I'm about to mind my own business and live to see the next sunrise. So yeah. good day, sir. Yeah, they're like, that guy, it's too late for him. It's not only t- too late for us. Exactly. So we finna march right on out of here. Yeah. Mm, I don't know if I have anything. There's so much I want to say about you, but I feel like I've already said it. It's just like, we I have been ranting for like an hour and 20 minutes. I just want to say that like, I understand why people like the show mm-hmm. and why it's interesting and intriguing. And the one thing that like, this is just one of those Netflix shows where like, you have to watch it and you've got to like, think about it. Does this cross the line in terms of like content? Like this is a TV show, of course, but is this show hurtful to society? Like people watching the show and seeing Joe, somebody who assaults, stalks, is obsessed, is paranoid, who, you know, is watching women. And of course, like he had a bad childhood 
his mother was abused by a man and he killed the man and then he you know he fell in love with a nurse who was abused by another man and like all the women in his life were hurt by men who were terrible and he's just trying to help them he's just trying to save them he's trying to be the one at the end of the day who rides away with the girl on the horse but finds out that the horse the woman on the horse is actually shackled to him and mm-hmm. can't move and is taken prisoner and locked in his fucking glass cage that he won't let go of it's this thing where like he's hot he's nice he reads books he's smart yes yes babe all that but also but also also he got bodies he got bodies mm-hmm. all right like it's it's that thing where like you're watching the show and people are interested and they like it, but I don't want people to watch the show and then like possibly end up in a relationship that's abusive and harmful to them. And then these women start making excuses for the guy because of their bad childhood or things they've gone through or their trauma. Like, yes, people are traumatized and people have trauma, but that should not be a reason or excuse to hurt other people and kill people and do the other people because you can't figure your own shit out. Like, Joe, you got mommy issues, okay? Yeah. You can't fix every woman, Mm -hmm. all right? We're not puzzle pieces. We're not missing things. We are whole. We are beings. We are humans. You cannot come in with your paranoid whatever and think that you can come in here and and fix me and I can fix you. That's not how this works. That's not how a relationship works. You thought you could do with love and now you're trying to try to do with Marianne. And I'll tell you right now, it's not going to work out, my guy. It's not. Absolutely not this over it's going to be worse now because it's in paris like i do hope though i do hope that now they're in paris that they'll start reading better books i didn't do like most of the books listen really quick because so i was a lit nerd growing up there was not a single book that they mentioned in like the entire series that i have not read at least three or four times by the time i was like 13 like because i was just like that type of like lit kid um but like in season three it honestly it hurt me like Netflix, Joe, like you hurt me. The fact that we were going to have someone like Joe, who is, you know, realistically a very well-read person, actively reading and actively reading to his child, mm. The Great Gatsby and To Kill a Mockingbird, both of those I full, fully, wholeheartedly will stand on my soapbox and say this, need to be thrown out from all school curriculum. The Great Gatsby has no point except for the entire homosexual undertones, which I do yeah. appreciate, but there's no point other than that. And To Kill a Mockingbird is a dated um, depiction of racism marketed towards white people that no longer applies to the type of society that we live in. And yeah. like, I get how it was influential then, but at the same time, it is a white woman writing about racism for other white people. Mm-hmm. And it no longer applies to the way we see racism or the way we see classism, the way we see uh, xenophobia or anything like that today. Mm-hmm. It's time to put it to rest. It did its job back, what, 40, 50 years ago when it was written? Yeah. No, like, oh no, it was written in like the 50s. So it was almost 70 years ago, I think now. Yeah. It did its job then. It is not serving a purpose now. It should not, it should most definitely not be required reading for high schools. The same with The Great no. Gatsby. I'm pretty sure in most um, high schools, that's basically a required reading book. No. There are limitless offers. Okay. We, we can find better material. I also, yeah, you're right about The Great Gatsby and To Kill a Mockingbird. And it's like, Joe is so pretentious. Mm-hmm. And his pretentiousness really shown when he was like, why doesn't my child respond to me? Why doesn't he like me? Buddy, 
we're reading books, but there are no pictures. Exactly. But He's... when you start reading Frog and Toad, mm-hmm. then Hedy was like, wait, I'm about this. And okay. when you mentioned Pippi Longstocking, I was like, so he gets it. Like the mouse wants a cookie. We need to read that. Like exactly. Stanley's birthday party. We need to read that. Like the caterpillar. Like okay, that book. let's read, yeah, let's read the classics before we read the like the classics. Okay. <laughs> let's read Goodnight Moon before we move on to Brave New World. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's, we need to literally take baby steps. Let's read right? the Magic Treehouse. Let's read Junior B. Jones. Okay. Let's, let's read the boxcar off- children. Oh my gosh. Let's start off small. Like mm-hmm. he he can't talk right now. How, he doesn't comprehend the complexities within Brave New World or 1984. Like let's slow it down. Exactly. Let's take it down a couple of notches, you know. Like chill out, please. But uh yeah, you're absolutely right. And um gosh, I feel like I'm kind of glad that Netflix didn't do the whole time jump thing. You know, it would have been interesting to see um Joe's child turn out to be exactly like him. You know, mm-hmm. that would have been that would have been a little bit interesting, but uh, I don't but know. But also I, a tragedy. I don't want to see that. It would have made for good TV, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm sad that Love is Dead. I didn't. I didn't. I I'm not be honest. In season two, I actually kind of liked her, but like when I found out that she was like like Joe, I was like, how did I not see that? And then I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, I got I got God. I got God because it's the little, it's a white woman thing, you know, mm-hmm. fragile, like small, like, oh, it's like, I'm a woman, I'm a lady, I'm we, a da 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 da. It's like, we were no. actually talking about that, like, literally, like, yesterday in class, not specifically about this story, but mm-hmm. um, have you read, like, Ernest Hemingway? No, what the? Sorry. Whew. Have you read Edgar Allan Poe's uh, Telltale Heart? Yeah. Okay. So, in that, they brought up that the narrator's gender is never mentioned. And mm-hmm. so we looked at it if it was a man who committed the murder versus if it was a woman who committed the murder. And the the way that all of our interpretations of the story changed if it was a woman mm-hmm. was massive. It was mm-hmm. people, like most people, like when it was a man, they thought like, oh, it's like a crazy man. Maybe it was like an argument or something. Like, you know, the man was trying to like gain something. He was trying to take a one up. Maybe he was trying to steal from the person. But when the narrator was a woman, they were like, oh, maybe she was like in an abusive relationship or maybe like she had to, she had no choice. Or maybe she was just like, she was fighting for her life or she needed to like escape. Like the way, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that like, it's necessarily wrong that society does that because that does tend to be like the trend more often than not. But just Uh like the perspective that like, if you change like the gender of the person who's committing these violent actions, it will greatly change how people feel about it. And like we very blatantly saw that with how people see Joe versus Love, even though they're both committing essentially the exact same acts. Like when they both go to, okay, well, I guess they can't now because Love is dead. But when they both go to court for their crimes, they're going to be charged with the exact same type of crime. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's still murder first degree for both of them. Yeah. And it's just people making excuses, you know, like, oh, like, yeah, like what you said, obviously what you said when they're reading you're reading the story telltale heart mm-hmm. by Alan poe and if it's a story told from the perspective of a woman it's like well of course she had to kill him because she had no other choice she was defending herself mm-hmm. because women aren't inherently violent women exactly. aren't inherently evil we're 
calm and we're nurturing and we're caretakers and we're mothers we want to provide for people we want to love like why would a woman have such aggressive harmful like animalistic desires within her that doesn't make any sense it doesn't happen like if a woman reaches deep within herself to find violence it's only because she's been hurt before she can't have that violent tendency in her just within her and of course Mm -hmm. with love she was protective over 40 because of what happened with his au pair who was like 19 and he was 13 like she took her out and with like joe and with like delilah and like candace which by the way completely forgot (laughs) that candace was dating 42 Oh, that's right. all about that like uh, for you just began everyone in the entire series Dang. included love okay now so that we've sorry. circled back to that yeah yeah <laughs> i mainly feel sorry for candace for going from joe who's a murderer to 40 who's just a jerk but also a huge jerk not even yeah. better not that much better he's still a bad guy and so um watching like obviously it's like oh love's doing all this to protect her family to protect you know, like when she took out Gil, Gil's an anti-vaxxer and like her child almost died. She was worried. So she hit him over the head with the rolling pin. I get it, girl. Sometimes I want to hit people over the head with the rolling pin. Too. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Like not exactly excusing her actions. Like they, you know, we get it to a mm-hmm. certain extent, but like at the same time, you know, when people like women aren't seen as killers, they're seen as defender. And it's different from the way that men are seen as defenders because men defend because they're alphas. It is within mm-hmm. their nature, isn't that yep. right? But men are seen as violent. Men are seen as monsters. Men, like we know men to be bad people within society and women are the victims. So they have to fight back. But women can be bad. It's just that people don't first, don't jump to that first. People don't see that when they first see it. And that's why in season two, like they're like, Joe is going to meet his match. He literally meets his match. And he's scared by what he sees because love is smarter than him, mm-hmm. faster than him, figured all about Richer him. than him. Richer than him, has more resources than he does. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Joe keeps getting away with the shit because he's lucky. Love gets away with this because the system is built for her. It benefits yeah. her. It helps her. And she does, and she realizes that. And she sees that. And she knows that. And she takes that to her advantage. That's how she got all this information on Joseph quickly. I would definitely argue, maybe not fully, but I would entertain an argument that love can qualify as a female joker. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like, be- she's not directly like malicious and evil, but I don't think a female joker has to be. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. She is the she is kind of like a female joker in the different sense of um uh homegirl from Gone Girl. What was her name? Oh, um, Gone Girl. Amy. Amy. Amy Dunn. It's different from Amy because she did it because her husband wasn't attentive and she did it like for like fun, just for like a little thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go disappear and I'm gonna frame my husband for murder. Yeah, and I'm gonna die because I'm bored with my life. I'm I'm over I'm so it. quirky. Like, yeah, like <laughs> and it's different with like love because she is doing it to keep the people that she loves safe because she doesn't want to be alone because she has her brother who was essentially kind of abandoned from her parent abandoned by her parents she was too so they had to take care of each other look for look out for each other and then there was joe who she saw she saw the little darkness inside him and she recognized that it was the darkness in her and he she thought that them together that they would work out 
But what she failed to realize, she liked the project and he does too. And Joe can't fix love. Joe can't make love his, you know, submissive housewife. Mm-hmm. Joe can't take care of love. Love can take care of her own self. Love is and that's fine. why, yeah, love is fine. And that's why when he found out that she was up to what she was up to, he was like, oh no, I can't date her. She's crazy. She's crazy. What kind of person kills people? What? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine in being in a relationship with someone who puts people in boxes and kills people? What? You would what? have to be out of your mind oh to love God. someone like oh, that. No, no. I can, uh. huh? I can do this. It's just like the hypocrisy of it all. Like, oh, it's certainly bad when she does it, but it's okay when you're doing it, when you're justifying yeah. it. And the thing is, love is kind of solid in her being this bad person. She's okay with this. She's fine with this. She submitted to that. She's accepted that. Joe has it. Joe's trying to rationalize every fucking thing that he does in his mind, even though if you stack this shit up, it looks like something you would take somebody to court for. Also, sheet, my guy. And much more importantly, much more importantly, and we are forgetting about this, Whereas Joe has hardly any redeeming qualities um, outside of, you know, being a murderer and being like, okay at it. Um, Love can cook. And love. bitch, Love cooks amazing, okay? It's love. She can even do it gluten-free. She can do it sugar-free. She can do it with any diet and still tastes absolutely amazing. So I'm willing to give her more of a pass because she's contributed to society. It's amazing to me that Love runs a business. Mm-hmm takes care of a household, yeah. takes care of a baby, does things for her community, is good in bed, and can figure out what her husband is doing. And what's one thing that Joe can't do? Name one thing that Joe does successfully. Quickly! Quickly! There's nothing! There's nothing there! It's almost as if women have to be multifaceted in order to get even a smidge of the same respect that men just inherently get. Mm. I'm not sure mm. how much Netflix was trying to push that point, but Netflix, we got that point. We got that. We got it. We got you. Mm-hmm. Another thing we got is that I'm not season four. Y'all can have yeah, that. No. I think the sto- I think the story's done. Yeah. I think it's over. Like if it ended there. That would like it's 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 pretty nicely wrapped up. We can peacefully imagine that Henry gets the wonderful life that he deserves. Um, Sherry and Corey can keep running their TED talks and making their money. Um, I'm actually happy that Sherry and Corey. Yeah, Corey. Okay, I'm glad that they worked out. Exactly. I'm actually pretty like when they were connecting in that box. I was like, oh, because it went from so- like semi not like fake connection but like very like therapeutic like we have to connect in this way like with like their flags and like Mm -hmm. hearing each other and then it started to like go into them like breaking down and being mad and literally not like aggressively trying to attack each other because like this like you know the grazing of the ear was an accident and like Mm -hmm. the shooting him in the leg was kind of an accident so like but you know being actively angry at each other to being able to hold on and love each other for survival and then being able to actually survive because of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you have to have some kind of solid foundation in your relationship if you're going to start swinging and if you're going to start swinging with the people that you live with mm-hmm. in your, like in your neighborhood, in the vicinity. Cause like that, that takes, that takes some kind of like real, like 
rock solid concrete foundation to a marriage and, and clearly they have it mm-hmm, clearly they have it i'm glad that they worked out i'm glad that they're still together because le- they deserve it they deserve to be together yeah um i'm very glad thank you that sherry um a woman of color got to be her own her own business owner because she's mm-hmm. like a mommy vlog influencer so mm-hmm. she runs her own business she's the head of like the entire town basically and she gets an absolutely attractive hunk of a man who is fully in love with her and fully committed to her and the kids even if he doesn't know what the geo teacher's name is um because nobody needs a geo tutor right no one needs but other than that she gets to have a happy ending with someone who is fully committed to her and fully loves her and her children while she's off making her money. Netflix really said, I gave y'all two black women. One of them will survive. You gotta guess which one. <laughs> guess what? It's not the nice one. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You wanna figure out what happens to her? Gotta tune in for next season. Ha ha. alert, she's going to be dead by episode three. And there's going uh, to be a new girl. I feel sorry. And that little girl, if he abandons another teenage girl, that girl's gonna go find Ellie, and then they're gonna turn into teenage bounty hunters, and they're gonna take him teenage out. Teenage bounty. Okay, calm down. Take this, him out. this isn't the MCU. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Maybe you should. But I do. I'm kind of curious about. Like, what if he goes looking for his brother? What if he? Is they're, his mom? Do you think his mom is dead? If this is a Marvel movie, then what happens? The brother, Ellie, and Juliet. Oh, and um, the kid from the first season. Oh, yeah. They're all going to come together. They're going to form like a little little squad, little Mystery Inc. Incorporated game. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be the ones to take down Joe. That, I, I, I'm just saying if this was the MCU, that would be exactly what would happen. The little kid, the kid who was going to kill Ron is going to join them, but secretly he's a mole. And he's going to oh. take one of them out. Yeah. We already have a plot. We already have, um, <laughs> we already have a plot twist. Disney, run us our check. <laughs> Netflix, listen, we know if you take our well, no, all right, exactly. We're gonna watch yourself, all right. Do you have anything else to add? Because I don't feel like I don't I think so. I, we have been ranting, yeah. <laughs> we really, we really laid it on them, yeah. I just want to say, Joe leaves a mess behind him everywhere he goes. Joe, get like, therapy, like, not couples therapy, not fake Dr. Ricky therapy, like. Just get therapy. Get some medication if you need to. That can be very helpful for some people. Joe needs a friend. Who, Joe needs like a real friend. Not like the friend he had at the bookstore. Not like the friend that he had that went off to like the Philippines. He needs a friend who's going to sit him down and be like, hey, Joe, listen, you kill people. You're a bad person. No, 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 no. Don't start rationalizing. I know you. You're mm-hmm. going to start talking to yourself in your head while I'm talking. Look at me. Look at me. Don't think about that girl you were thinking about, okay? I found your little box. All right, you freak. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, I'm saying this because, not because I love you, not really because I care, but because no one else told you that. You got some mommy issues. Mm-hmm. And you need a spank. Somebody no, no, lied no, to Joe, you fuck times. you, Joe, fuck! <laughs> Joe, Joe! I can't do this. I'm locking you in your own cage, all right? I'm giving you a journal. You're going to write out your feelings. And yeah. don't worry, and I, found I found your spare key. key. Uh-huh, yeah, I found uh-huh. your key, huh? Yeah, I ain't dumb. You're not the only smart person in here. Like that. <laughs> Just lock him in his cage and make him start journaling. Make him do, like, manifestations. <laughs> <laughs> Daily affirmations. Daily affirmations. I am a good... I am. I, I'm a piece of shit, but soon I'll turn to gold.
like those kind of affirmations exactly like, mm-hmm. yeah do better do better joe god you know do you think if joe was a real person do you think he would have a tiktok no because he hates social media plus that'd be an easy way to track him oh, unfortunately yeah. unfortunately track through tiktok i forgot about that yeah you're right all right well all right <laughs> Honestly, what what did you actually like? Did you enjoy season three at least? There were parts think- I there were definitely parts I enjoyed. Like for instance, when they had to bury um like when they had to bury Natalie, I enjoyed that because that was them fighting back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. It was fun, it was dynamic, it was a little bit like like that was that was interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um I liked the mom breaking down. Like I liked her breaking down and like trying to like have a connection with um her daughter and it failing. And I liked mm. her dumb move and like her rant at like the taco person. Like this isn't my, this isn't a baby. This is actually the reincarnation of my son Forty, and he loves a good taco. Like yeah, I so I liked her ment- her like kind of mental breakdown. Um, and her blowing up that vineyard. Mm-hmm, and her blowing up the vineyard. Um, when she did that, I was like, oh, this is that kind of season. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um. I liked a lot of Love's parts. I really did. Because Love seemed like she was struggling and trying. And like, even though she shouldn't have killed all the people that she did, I feel like she had a reason-ish. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I did. There was definitely parts that I enjoyed. What about you? Was there any parts that you were like, oh, I, I actually do like this? I enjoyed the like parenting. Like when he was talking about like fatherhood and like like uh, mm-hmm. am I gonna mess up my kid like is my kid gonna be okay because every kid? dad worries about that well every person yeah. who has a kid worries about whether they're gonna mess up their kid or not yeah and that's like another thing to the shows Joe is a bad guy he's a murderer he stalks people he's paranoid he's obsessive but he's also a guy he's an average Joe and now he's a dad and, like it's hard to be a dad mm-hmm. it is it's difficult to be a dad and like being a new father is challenging and it's not easy and it can like take a toll on you and I think that like there were some people who thought that like Joe getting a kid would either make him less obsessive and a little less violent or it make him more violent to protect his kid and I think that with love it showed her with her like she killed two people in two days like back to back I was like oh this whole town's gonna go under Exactly. I was like, how are they going to get away with this? Yeah. How are they going to get away with this one? I was like, this is bad. And then like the show obviously caught on to like two people dying back to back. Like, okay, we gotta, we gotta slow it down. So when Carrie fell off the cliff, he got up. I was like, oh, so, okay. It's not like that. I was like, okay, Netflix, you gotta play with me like that. We're gonna do this fake out. And then when the kid, um, when Theo, he hit his head and he didn't die. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Uh huh. When Theo found him in the cage, and he was straight up in his brain, like, no, she wouldn't do this. She wouldn't do this. Like he was trying to like rationalize it in his head, like, no, the woman, the older woman that's married with a child that I love, like she wouldn't do this. She wouldn't hurt them. That's crazy. This is not. This isn't happening. It's her husband. It's always her husband because she's a nice lady. And like I saw her titties, and like I, you know, I love her. It's like all this, like. You could see it in his brain. You could see it in his face. And it was just like, it was the same thing with 40 when he was having that breakdown that mm-hmm. night. You could kind of see him kind of like unraveling. And I was like, oh my gosh, girl, you think you're trying to fix these people and you are like making them come undone. You are hurting them so much. You tugged that one little string in the back of their head and it's just falling apart. 
Mm-mm. This is not pretty. This is not. This is not okay. Nobody asked for that. Yeah. Um. I hope the baby is okay. I hope oh, that Netflix doesn't do like a season five time jump to where Joe's trying to find his kid and like you know be weird or anything. Like I don't want if the kid kills Joe and we start the cycle over again. Netflix. Oh my gosh, Sarah! I will never forgive you, Sarah. 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 No, no, babes. No, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for you. Also, I actually like read the book um, Hidden Bodies. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called. I was it hidden. I think so. Yeah, it's called I, Hidden Bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like read it like a while ago, and I'd say like the book is a lot different from the show because the book is very bad, and like the show does a service to the book because the book it's like long. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's just like the way it's written because like it works better with the show because when you're reading the book. It's very much like um, Catcher in the Rye, where it's a lot of like inner monologues, a lot of talking, so like mm-hmm, developing. Mm-hmm. And because like Joe is such this paranoid person who's obsessive, he gets into these patterns of repeating things he's already said and going into things he's already done, and it just co- becomes redundant. And then it gets yeah. kind of boring. And the show is a lot more interesting because you can see his obsession, and you're with him, and you're following along. And it's a bit more interesting. Also, the show was adapted for Lifetime before it was taken by Netflix. Yeah. So there was a little bit of overdramatic with it but uh yeah all in all uh i'm not gonna be watching season. yeah yeah we're we're gonna skip that well, it was a fun ride Thank, well, thanks for the invite <laughs> <laughs> you know uh as long as pen badgley keeps uh shitting on his character i'm fine i'm fine with it mm-hmm. as long as pen badgley keeps hopping on twitter and letting y'all know hey this guy joe he's not I don't want to choke you guys. I don't want to stalk you. I don't want to watch you through the window. I have a girlfriend, first of all, second of all. You shouldn't be trying to chase guys for like Joe. Yeah. He's bad. He's very bad. Please stop. That's kind of the point of the show. Don't send me your fan fiction or fan art. I don't want it. Yeah. Please. He's a bad guy. I am, hello, I'm Penn Badgley. I'm the star of the show. This is my job. Netflix pays me, but I'm like, you go, he's bad. Joe's bad. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And he's going to go disappear until he has to get sent, mm-hmm. which I respect. I respect that out of Okay. Awesome. So. <laughs> Speaking of which, what other things are you not going to watch? Um, What other things are not going to watch? I think, oh gosh, I don't know exactly. Well, first thing that comes to my mind is there's this new Netflix show, not Netflix show. There's a film that I think Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote directed composed tick tick boom i know it's based off of a musical of like it's about a guy it's about this guy who's like the pressure of him being like an artist in new york city and he's trying to like uh make it's a musical about a composer mm-hmm. so it's one of those like meta things yeah and the musical is being turned into a movie it stars andrew garfield and i love him so much i don't think i'm gonna watch it though um uh, it comes out in november um i think just for like the most part, I'm gonna kind of steer clear of like like Lin Manuel Miranda and his works. You know, like Lin Lin Manuel Miranda is very much like a theater kid at heart, but still a theater kid in mind. So a lot of the things he creates is very like musical, but like you know musical. You know, mm. it has that kind of feel to it, and like it has a good cast. 
it has Alexandra Ship, who's like, she's okay. And like Vanessa Hudgens, and then it has Jordan Fisher, who I love. But um, is this something I'm going to watch? Maybe not. I might, if I feel inclined to do it. Like, if I have a friend of mine who's going to be doing, like, a movie night, because, like, I have a couple of musical things. Let's watch Tick, Tick, Boom together. I'll be like, okay, fine, whatever. But, like, it's not something I'm going to be looking at. I'm not looking out for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not something I'm exactly searching for, you know? I I think I have a list. I have to find my list. But you, why don't you say what you are doing? Um, so, one, just because it feels like a little bit of a rehash of, like, old stories that's tired now. Um, the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, it recently yeah. came out. I think it got released like a week or two ago. Um, I remember I used to like enjoy James Bond stories when I was like younger, but like they 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 keep on dragging uh, Daniel Craig, right? Daniel Craig, um, yeah. into these movies. I feel so bad for him, and the movies are are all starting to look the same. And mm. so I'm sorry. I, I I haven't watched, I don't think I watched the last um, James Bond movie either, but um, I think it's time to put this series to rest. Mm. It is. We love James Bond. He was a cultural icon, but he can now be a cultural icon of the past. I, I'm going to say I'm excited for the new James Bond. I actually think I might gonna, I th- I'm going to watch it because I know my girl from Captain Marvel is in it. Um, and I think that she's going to be the next 007, essentially. Like, she's not going to, like, replace Daniel Craig, but she's the next 007, essentially. So I'm kind of interested in seeing, like, what it's giving. Because also, Anna Armas, she's in it, too. And I'm, I've seen a lot of pictures. Like, I'm, I might give it a look. I have not seen, I'm going to say this right now, I've never seen a James Bond's movie. I've never watched nary one of them. I've never okay. watched... <laughs> I don't watch a single one of those, but I want to watch this one. I'm going to be one of those people that, like, I've never seen a Marvel movie, but I'm going to go see Infinity War. Like, I'm going to be that person. Uh, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it might be a little, that's going to be like, okay, but, but like, I don't know. I might give it a look. I might give it a peek, you know, see what's it, what, see what it's giving. You know what I mean? Oh, also, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I, there's a movie out called Lit Last Night in Soho. Have you heard about it? I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know much about it though. I essentially it's a film about this girl. She's like in fashion school, I think, and she finds like a secret door or something, and it takes her to like a different world where like she's basically like Anya Taylor Joy, who's like the new it girl of Hollywood, which I love for her because she's amazing. She's a great actress. I think she's wonderful, and she's like pretending to be her. She tries to embody her in her real life, and like she's mm-hmm. an orphan too. I don't know. It's Edgar Edgar Wright's newest film so I think I'm gonna go give it a look I think it's supposed to be like a psychological thriller of some sort and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch it I think I'm gonna you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna it might it might be a bit interesting you know what I mean it's gonna yeah is there anything else that you are not exactly 100% ready for or don't wanna there's this movie that's um, it looks like it's going to be kind of a will they, won't they romantic um, historical piece called Eiffel. Um, and I'm a little bit, okay, so Emma McKay um, is- What's it called, uh, Eiffel? Eiffel. Like Eiffel um, Tower? Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's a story about like the building of the Eiffel Tower, but it's much more focused apparently on like the love story between like the constructor and like a local 
French girl. And Emma uh, Mackey, McKay, um, from Sex Education, she plays the lead female. Oh! Um, and that makes me interested in that for her. Oh. However, I am a little bit tired right now of will they, won't they comedies that just happen to be in a historic place. Mm. Like, love her, don't love the idea of them. Mm-hmm. I might end up watching it just for her, but I want it to be known that if I'm watching it, I am just watching it to support her future career. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love that for her. I love Emma Mackie. I think she's awesome. I think she's really great. Um, I understand what you mean. I do think that sometimes people add in romance films with, I feel like when like people want to make a romance movie, they're like, oh, but you know what make it interesting? If you put a little history, we make them learn a little bit, you know, like a little spice, a little something. I will say, I did see that, um, Emma does like in real life speak fluent French Mm. so there's going to be that aspect to it so I am very interested about that um again so the only reason why I'd be interested in watching this movie is for Emma Mm. only yeah yeah I totally get that there have been plenty of movies that I have seen like be announced from like I look at the cast they got my boy in here you really dragged me into this one like, I see Andrew Garfield going to be in a musical, and I'm like, dang. I, like, I, honey, I hope they're paying you a lot. Like, please tell me they're paying you a lot. Oh, he's going to start singing, and I want to see. I want to see what he's giving. Like, I want to, oh, oof. You know, it's just like, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something there for me. You Cross know what your I mean? fingers. Okay. Yep. Cross your heart and hope to die. Also, Secession is coming out soon. Yeah, it just I released forgot. the, the uh, well, it's, so it's not fully, it releases episode by episode, but episode right. one released on Sunday. So. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> so excited. I want to see them kill each other. <laughs> That's oh the only reason God. why anyone watches Succession. Oh my gosh. The thing is, it's like, I love Succession so much. And it's been two years since we've watched it. So I have to do the thing where I like, we're watching from the beginning mm-hmm. all the way. We have to talk about. Yes, yes, we do. We have, we have to talk about these rich, these horrible, horrible rich white people and how every single one of them is terrible. And it's just like to watch them destroy each other is just mwah, mwah, mwah. And like, Secession is one of those shows where you don't want diversity because. No. Any person of color in that show is going to, like, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, like, collateral damage. Oh, facts. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that for, you no. Know, like, it's okay that's all rich white people. It's it's meant to be that way. It's fine. It's I don't okay. Care. When I, I picture care. rich people, I do picture them being white. So you're fulfilling mm-hmm. the fantasy that's mm-hmm. already in my head. Like, I'm letting y'all rock with what you got. You're good. You're good. And if you get to just, like, take each other down brick by brick, piece by piece, let it happen what happened like it's gonna let the body hit the floor you know what i mean <laughs> i'm ready mm. also also uh the new halloween movie i'm not watching that yeah no i how many times does michael need to come back with his mask and kill a entire town at some point y'all gotta call the fbi okay I, what, what <laughs> how many times does joe need to kill a woman that he's in love with the FBI, where y'all at? I know they see this. Just because he doesn't use social media doesn't mean they're not tracking him. I you know, know you're, you're watching. He oh yeah, he owns a phone. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, just turn off that little camera so you can watch mm-hmm. it without him knowing, okay? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Someone please lock him away. Lock him up. Throw away the key. I'm tired. Can I let this go? Yeah, I'm I'm not watching Halloween Kills. Like, mm-hmm. I was watching the trailer before, because I went to go see uh, Candyman with my cousin, and I was watching the trailer, obviously, because it was in the previews. Yeah. And when, oh gosh, Jesus Christ. Oh, for Jamie Lee Curtis, when she says Michael grows stronger with every person he kills, he feeds off their bodies. I was like, no, he doesn't. No, that's... no, he doesn't. No, no, because now we're introducing new lore to an old story. Yeah, um, we're doing too much. He's a person. Michael actually lives off of ramen and unseasoned chicken, like you know most men. <laughs> Michael is an angry, angry man who lives in a shed and goes around killing people. Like, what? There's nothing else you need to add to this story. That's that's scary enough, okay? Like, Can we stop telling <laughs> the story? Can we put an end to this? Why did y'all let this man come back? Can we just... Can, can this we... movie, like, bomb? So, like, can we they be strongly consider not making the death of one? Can we be done? Can we wrap it up? Can we be free? Wrap it up! Let it go! Like, the town is the people that are dying, but we're the ones that have to continue watching it. Like, who's really suffering here? At least they got to escape. At least they're free. <laughs> <laughs> At least they got to escape. Some of y'all need to... Listen, sometimes you gotta pack it up and he can't kill nobody if ain't nobody around. You got me? We need to mass me? relocate. You got me? Listen, all right? He don't need to know. Just one day he goes out at night and nobody's there. And then he's just there by himself. And look how dumb he looks. Mm-hmm. All dressed look up. Look at you. Look all dressed stupid. up and nobody to talk to. All dressed <laughs> up, nowhere to go. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have anything else for us? Uh, anything you don't want to watch? I don't think so, no. I One thing I am a little bit excited for is the fact that there are going to be some spinoffs to the movie To All the Boys I Loved Before. Uh, Are they officially announced some spinoffs? Yeah, they officially announced there's going to be, um, I think it's I think it's probably like maybe a leak or something, but essentially um, there's going to be a spinoff for the younger sister of the show. Uh, the series is going to be titled XO Kitty. So it's going to be following her. It's going to be revolved around a teenage matchmaker who moves halfway across the world to reunite with her long-distance boyfriend and soon realizes that relationships are a lot more complicated when it's your own heart. So it's going to have um, the showrunner from Glow and okay. the Babysitter's Club and the Bold Type, which is very good. Ooh, All good mm-hmm. shows. Very sh- and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be, it's going to have, it's going to be starring Anna so i'm very excited for that i'm going to be watching that because i am i i was not i was not i didn't how do i say that i was happy i'm very happy for lana can condor and her being the star into all the boys look before mm-hmm. i'm happy that there is an asian american woman who was seen as a love interest in a netflix film that did extremely well especially with ps i still love you and always and forever did that- extremely well queen that broke records when yeah. it first came out like yeah boom hallelujah and she deserves that and she simply does and Noah Cisneo deserves to eat worms because I'm sick of that man and I want him to shut up. But what I meant to say was that 
No, no, that's exactly <laughs> what you meant to say. No, that's exactly what you meant to say. <laughs> to, to all the boys I left before wasn't exactly my favorite movie, Netflix film. I, I see what they were going for and I appreciate it. I guess, the, like, for me personally, I just found it a little boring. Yeah. You know, like, it's good. It's sweet. It's wholesome. You know, they have everything together. And I guess, like, that's very contradictory for me, someone who's, like, very much against, like, teen shows with, like, a lot of, like, sex and, like, violence, like, adult themes and shows that are meant for kids that are written by adults who, like, you know, kind of chalk up the teenage experience into a highlight reel. I yeah. feel like To All the Boys Love Before was a little <gasps> realistic and better, but it was just kind of boring. Yes. We're, Sorry, we're you said that? We need to hop back to you for one quick motherfucking second. The fact that they played Supercut from... <laughs> when I tell you that my heart fell yeah. out of my body, mm-hmm. on my bed, floored, also, the fact that they used the Taylor Swift song at, like, the very end, they were playing Exile. I was mm-hmm. like, so Gosh. someone knows exactly the type of people who are watching these movies. They do. Because from the first note, both mm-hmm. of those songs played, I knew exactly what the song was. I was like, yeah. somebody knows their demographic. Somebody did some research. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's they all. You, said, you said Highlight Wheel, and I thought of Supercut. I completely forgot that he played that. And I was like, why is he playing this song? I was like, calm down, say anything. Okay, we get it. He's playing this song in her driveway where people can see. I was like, sir, in you're not doing very... This is not very hush-hush. This is not very keep it on the low. You also, I mean? you're, you're playing Lord, okay? Every single person knows exactly what that song is about. Mm-hmm. This isn't subtlety. I was like, oh, we play super good? I was like, dang, he in his feelings. He will. Really he in his feelings. Somebody check on him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is depressed. Oh my gosh. Okay. This he's been going been through it. If he's listening to melodrama mm. at 11 a.m., he is going through it. That's not, that should not be part of your morning routine. <laughs> you need to take that out. You need to know, cut that out. Also, the dad needs to spend less time looking at those cameras and spend more time looking at a therapist. Exactly. Please. If we were looking at therapists in the beginning, like some family therapists, we wouldn't have to be paying for physical therapy. Uh, now, oh. would we? Now, would we? No, no, wait, wait a second. No, 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 no that checked out. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, the dad notices that his son is at home when he's supposed to be at school and he doesn't even say anything until the son brings it. Sir, how absent are you? How absent are you? You need to check in. Come on now. Maybe he thought it was still COVID University, all classes online. <laughs> <sighs> so sick. All right. Anything else for people? Uh, leave Henry goes? alone. Okay, leave, leave Henry alone. Leave the baby. Let the baby be. Exactly. You know? Let the baby just do what he needs. The Joe does not need to go back to his child. No. No. Joe can actually die in Paris. <laughs> actually, that would help. Yeah. That would that, help all of us. That's going to make it really hard for the son to ever find the body. Mm-hmm. If he dies in a different country. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, do what you got at Netflix. Do what you have to. I'm also excited for Ozark to come back. Oh yeah. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for them to fully take on. It is hilarious to me how many times this couple is like, we're gonna do this one more thing, this one more thing, and we're done. Y'all are working with drug dealers. Yeah. The only There's way no out, one more thing. 
The only way out is through a barrel, all right? Yeah. Y'all are so stupid. It's not clicking. It's not clicking in here, all right? Oops. But it's going to start clicking. And also, the blonde girl, whoo, I am rooting for her. <laughs> I am rooting for her all the way through. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see it. So, yeah. I feel like, uh, unless you want to add something. I, I don't think so. Okay. Great. Well, guys... This has been uh, the podcast I've mean to watch that. Today we talked about the things we're ready to see, the things we're excited to see. We talked about you a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe is a hot mess. <laughs> no, Joe is not a hot mess. Joe is just a mess. Let's not encourage the girl. <laughs> he is a mess. He is a murderer. He is paranoid. He's the substance. He's a horrible person. And how he leaves just a wake of bodies in his path. And we talked about the things we don't want to see. And you know what? If you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all the listeners, all the likes on Instagram, all the follows, all the engagement, all that good stuff. And if you could, check us out on Instagram, follow us there, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts if you get the chance to do so. We'd really appreciate that. And check us out on all our social medias. They will be in the description as they are at the end of in the end in the description of every podcast. And that's about it. So we'll see you guys next week. Yes, for spooky Halloween time. Yes, yeah. spooky, spooky, uh. scary skeleton. Shivers <laughs> down your spine. <laughs>